Hello everyone, and welcome to the second episode of The Die Society. In case you're joining me for the first time, my name is Caillou, and I'm the author of TheDieSociety.com. This is a podcast about the MCDM RPG, where I talk about the development of the game, my playtest experience, and, once the time is right, first and third-party content being made for the RPG. Today's main topic is really exciting. My friends and I played through the first Patreon playtest packet of the RPG, and I have plenty of cool takeaways. We'll just start off with some news about development, then on to the adventure, a few cool moments from the playtest, my impressions, and finally, feedback. Cool? Cool. Let's draw steel and get started. The last few weeks have been really exciting for the MCDM RPG. Besides finishing the Backer Kit campaign with over $4.6 million and over 30,000 backers, the team released a playtest packet for the Patreons and a survey for us to leave our feedback on how it went. But the team isn't taking time to, as Matt Colville said on the Backer Kit, take a victory lap. No, they're already hard at work on the next revision of the rules. If you're interested in what the designers are working on, James Intracasso, mentioned in a Twitch stream a few things they're talking about. First, minions. They had overkill rules, like in Flea Mortals, but they might lose them. This is because heroes are very good at attacking multiple creatures per round, so minions need a bit more juice if we want them to actually matter. Second, characteristics, which is their analog for D&D's ability modifiers. Well, they might change. James didn't elaborate on this and it was still very early in development to know whether or not it would go into playtesting. Third, they're testing new damage rules. Damage was usually 2d6 plus a few modifiers, and it might get more like D&D, where attacks might be d4s, d6s, d8s, etc. This is to say that the game is still in early development. Everything I say about the rules is subject to change and meant only for fans who want a high-level overview of development. This very fact is the reason why I don't intend on making episodes purely about mechanics for now. If I do end up talking about them, like on the previous episode, it will be only as a point of reference for the direction the team is currently taking. Anyway, with the news out of the way, we can move on to the playtest. Strap in. Let's begin with the packet itself. As I said previously, it was released for MCDM Patreons in last December. The playtest survey opened early this year and, at the time of recording, is closing in about a week. The packet came with rules, a cheat sheet, five pre-generated heroes, a 9-page adventure, a handful of monster stat blocks, VTT-ready maps by Che and Peku, not sure if I pronounced that right, I'm sorry, and even tokens for both monsters and heroes. The adventure, our main focus here, is called the Tower of Coins and Swords. Before spoiling it, there's a short write-up that is supposed to be read out loud to the players once they're ready to start. I won't read the whole thing as it's a bit on the long side, but the abridged version of it is the following. 
The Tower of Coins and Swords is an abandoned mage's tower that has stood dormant for more than a century in the marshes of the Great Waste. It was built by an ancient empire, and the tower's faces display timekeeping devices the nobles call clocks. Last week, the clock tower came back to life. Its colorful exterior lights now shine in the marsh at night. A noble named Lady Rana sent three sages to investigate, but no one has heard from them since they left for the tower six days ago. You've been sent to find the missing sages. So, it's a very straightforward adventure that takes place over the many floors of the magical clock tower. There are traps, puzzles, combats, and even a negotiation. A bit of almost everything perfect for playtesting a new system. If you don't want to know the summary of the contents of the adventure, or want to play through it at some point, avert your ears until minute 7 and 22 seconds. See you soon! The first floor of the tower starts with a quite complex trap, which my players naturally managed to completely avoid. I'm not sure if I ruled everything correctly here, so this might be the only part where we messed something up, because the rest went pretty smoothly. The second floor has a nice fight with kobolds atop moving gears. Heroes and monsters alike can fall through the gears into the floor below, which is a nice twist for people used to mostly static fights in D&D 5th edition. The third floor has a divine spirit that protects the tower and serves as the demo for the negotiation rules. I'll get into more details when I talk about my impressions of how the session went, but suffice it to say that if the rules stay this way, it might take some getting used to for me. The fourth floor is another combat with kobolds, but with another clever twist. Time magic that randomly slows down or speeds up each side of the fight. Once the heroes clear the floor, there is a trap here that has some pretty funny consequences. My players fell for it, and we all had a great laugh. Floor number 5 has a puzzle that, as far as I can tell, is impossible to solve if you don't find the clue on the 4th floor. My players did everything right, but any mistake here would have awoken a powerful elemental that attacks the heroes on sight. Floor 6 has some traps, cool loot, and, most importantly, the missing sages. Their descriptions are very evocative, and I ended up having a lot of fun role-playing the oldest one. The seventh and final floor has a boss battle with the kobold leader and her followers, all equipped with jetpacks. If the party correctly solved the puzzle on floor 5, then they're well equipped for the fight with the flying monsters. Otherwise, they might be in for a deadly combat. Now, out of the spoiler zone, I thought the adventure was very meaty, given that it was only 9 pages long. Honestly, if every one-shot was this well put together, I'd run more of them. It has very satisfying ups and downs, plus a bunch of interesting little twists that keep you hooked until the very end. And, for the unsurprising verdict, I enjoyed DMing, <clears throat> well, directing the adventure quite a lot. 
We played through the whole thing in just under four hours, but my group only had three PCs. A full group with five PCs might need a little longer in order to finish it. There were a few hiccups related to playing a brand new game, of course. I for one had a hard time keeping all the monsters abilities in my head since they were numerous and had interesting interactions, but at no point did I feel like it was the game's fault. My players also seemed to be having a great time. The game wasn't overly tactical and combats felt fluid and dynamic. I dare to imagine how freaking cool it would be to play this RPG in a virtual tabletop made specifically for it. And speaking of cool, we had plenty of thrilling moments where the rules made all the difference. And to be fair, this is the reason why I'm playtesting the game, not to play fun adventures designed by MCDM, but to see how a heroic, tactical and cinematic game might better serve the stories my players and I want to tell at the table. Going into specific examples, at some point, the Fury threw one monster into another, and there was a clear yet simple rule describing how both creatures would take damage. This was an instant hit for me, because I saw how it incentivizes clever positioning, movement and outside-of-the-box thinking. Another cool thing was seeing my players using the ability names as if they were superhero catchphrases. Specifically, the Shadow player kept saying in character, I work better alone, when using an ability similar to 5v's swashbuckler rogue, Rakish Audacity. It was very cheesy, and I wouldn't expect that to happen all the time during a full campaign, but it goes to show that martial players can have a much, much more evocative experience than with D&D's every turn I swing my sword classes. My final highlighter of the rules that I'm gonna share today was how the tactician's support abilities really made the party feel like a well-oiled machine. Move here, hit there, heal yourself a bit. It all contributed to the feeling that this class is a master of the battlefield, even if the specifics change, I'm sure they are going in the right direction. So given all this, what did I say on the feedback form? Mostly very positive stuff. I think the game is coming along really great and I didn't think I'd be having this much fun this early on. No one missed rolling to hit, converting feet to squares or boring monster design. But it wasn't all perfect either. There were a few pain points that I made sure to write down. Negotiation and the initiative system, for example, didn't work on my players and I'm not sure it was because it was my first time running the system. They really seemed a little off for me. Also, some class abilities felt overpowered, period, and others felt like they incentivized resource farming, which doesn't feel very great. And overall, the party was too strong for the challenges in the adventure. My three players didn't have much trouble with the combat, and technically, they were optimized for five people. All in all, nothing that made me worry about the future of the MCDM RPG. I followed the development process pretty closely last year, and if anything, getting to actually run a bit of the game for real made me more excited. I'm sure a lot will still change, 
but backer kit backers don't have to worry that the game won't be fun once it comes out. It's already a great game and it's bound to get even better. Anyway, this is all for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and if you did, please make sure to subscribe. If you want to know more about MCDM, Matt Colville, or James Intracasso, you can follow them on YouTube, their subreddit, Patreon, the Discord, or their Twitch channels. I've included links to all of those in the description of this episode. If you want to follow the Dice Society, me, you can head on to my blog at thedicesociety.com or follow me on Twitter, Blue Sky, Mastodon, YouTube, basically anywhere. I have links to all that also in this episode's description. Thank you very much and leave your comments wherever you've listened to this podcast. See you guys next time. Have a great day. I'm out.